It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And uh, don't forget to join us. We finally got the, we, I finally got the Daytona 500 event page created for uh, heading out to uh, Quaker Steak and Lube on Sunday the 18th. Green flag is set to wave at about 1.30 central time uh, on uh, on that Sunday the 18th. So we're going to start the party. Typically, we started at 12.30. I thought, whatever, we'll just, we, we're usually there at 11.30 and ready to go at noon anyways. So if you want to get there a little bit early, it only gives you an opportunity to get a little extra lubed up, get some food ready to go, get signed up for all the games and contests, and uh, have yourself a good time. That'll be going on again Sunday, February 18th at Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. Starting at noon, and I've got it going until 6, but that because that's usually about time the Daytona 500 wraps up. But maybe go a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later, but we'll wrap things up when the checkered flag waves. Yeah, yeah. Get there early, at least you get a choice of prime seats for the most part. So Absolutely. We will be in the... about having to sit too close to the big screen or something, but... You know, when you come in five minutes for the race, yeah. yeah, you get what you you get what you can get. We'll get specials worked out. I need to work on that with them. Uh, they specifically asked that uh, we kind of avoid the wing special this year because they're having some supply issues with getting all their wings. So um, they know how much our fans can eat and drink. So uh, we're gonna work on something different. Maybe do a burger special or um, or something. We'll we'll figure something out. We'll have that posted here coming up shortly. So pay attention to the. Front Stretch Facebook page and the Daytona 500 event page uh, for you to be able to find out about that. And pizza another one. Or oh, the pizza is still there. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, it's going to be a great time down at Quaker Steak and Lube. And uh, after the races are over with, you want to head over and uh, get your adrenaline pumping a little bit more after the checkered flag of the Daytona 500. You can always go over to Joe's Carding in Council Bluffs. Uh, let's start with some local news. Oh, the other one I needed to make sure and talk about was the, uh, 2024 pickups contest is now live on nascarpoolsonline.com. Two ways you can get signed up. The easiest way is to just email me fredstretchpodcast at gmail.com. I'll forward you the invite so you can get like uh, signed up there and, uh, make sure you create your profile on the page. Uh, one email or one login per entry i know we had some people that were helping out some uh, older friends that uh couldn't uh or didn't have an email address but we kind of put a stop to that because i mean this day and age who doesn't have at least two email addresses yeah i do and i'm yep. technically illiterate so. <laughs> that's i think that was probably my reasoning in my head i was like now wait a minute dirk has at least two so if somebody else can have could just get one email address for a NASCAR contest that is absolutely free, thanks to our friend Rick Haven Ridge of Wealth Partners, um, make sure you guys get signed up today. So the first way, send an email, frontstretchpodcast at gmail.com or go to nascarpoolsonline.com. Join a, click join a contest and search for 2024 Pick'em's Contest. And then the password is Rick Haven Ridge with capital R on Rick, capital H on Haven Ridge. Rick Haven Ridge is the password. But like I said, the first way is the easiest. Send me an email. I will forward you on a link so you could just join right then and there, create your entry, and then get started. Uh, another year of doing the contest and uh, should be a good time. So I hope you guys uh, definitely do that. And we're doing everything within our power to get uh, um, back to the. Uh... Uh, the five week contests, yeah, like the, the crewman for a day with the crewman for a day, yeah. And, and since we're hoping it'll work out, since we've got a cup race in Iowa, that because uh, it's it's basically the same distance to either track out of Omaha, yeah. Kansas City, or, or Newton. Um, uh, but Newton is a smaller venue, so I don't know if they're going to work with us at, with the cup race, especially with the first time cup race over there. But they are going to be asked. Yeah. 
let's start with some local news. First, we had some updates over the last couple of days that uh, Stan Caesar underwent surgery to remove one of his kidneys that was uh, covered in cancer. Uh, he did that on, um, I believe, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday morning is when he underwent surgery at about 10 a.m. Uh, like I said, he removed one of his cancer. He's been dealing with treatment for the last 10 months um, with uh, several different forms of cancer. So hopefully this is going to help him get back on the road to recovery. And uh, he did give us an update later that morning on uh, Thursday morning that said it's over with one less cancerous kidney. Uh, been slowly reawakening in recovery since about noon. Uh, still a little groggy, uh, but gradually coming out of it. Just had some light food. Kind of gave us a little bit of an update. So it sounds like the surgery went well, and he is now down a kidney, but also a little more cancer-free. So hopefully he can continue to kick that butt. Yeah, cancer on the kidney is, it's not the only reason, but it's 98% of the time that's the reason they will remove your kidney. I still have three. I, I've got. That's, I was surprised when you mentioned that. Well, I was surprised when I learned it, whatever it was, 30 years ago now, when my sister-in-law had a transplant. That's when I found that out. So, but I figured, well, since they don't remove them like that, um, and it sounds like when he was talking about his surgery um, and, you know, exactly what they did, it, it's definitely different than what they used to do. Because they used to, when they removed a kidney for cancer, they basically laid you on your side and cut you in half. Without putting you out? Oh, no, no, no. They weren't from Mexico. They put you out. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't done in a bathtub. Yeah. Make good money uh, that way, I hear. No, it's. Uh, it used to be a very, I mean, it was a big, you know, incision. I mean, I'm talking 18 inches probably. Yeah. They would literally cut you from the stomach to the middle of your back. And uh, Dan said he had a very small incision and a couple little holes. So definitely that's gotten better. So It's amazing what they're doing these days. Uh, I had a uh, one of the guys that comes up to the pub on Sundays and hangs out with me had a surgery. I don't remember what the surgery was, but the um, the doctor was doing the surgery remotely with uh, uh, gloves and, and keys and uh, like a yeah, it was a glove that went over his hand. And I think he said the, the surgeon was in like LA or something like that. Talked to him remotely before they started the, the, uh, the operation. And then they put him under and he said, he got to watch video later of, of him doing the whole operation. He said, it was pretty, it's pretty neat. And he goes, I've, I haven't had a lot of surgeries in my life, but to have one where the doctor was on the other side of the country was a little nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, I'm not volunteering for that. deal. <laughs> Yeah, no, you get, you know, are you going to, are you, oh, you're just cutting my fingernails? Okay, you can do that. <laughs> That's fine. You definitely don't want a, an internet interruption at that time, for sure. Oh, the web went out. Oh. <laughs> Somebody get off YouTube. You're taking all the bandwidth. Uh, continuing with local news, Beatrice Speedway put out the first race flyer I've seen locally, and I absolutely loved it. Coming up, uh, Spring Nationals set for Thursday, March 14th, Friday the 15th, and Saturday the 16th. Uh, they're doing a pre-registry right now at BeatriceSpeedway.com, featuring on Friday. So Thursday is going to be practice. Friday is going to be modified sport mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, and sport compacts. They'll come back on Saturday. Stock car dirt crowned series. They'll do modifieds, sport mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, and sport compacts. So actually it looks like they're both going to be the same classes. It's just on Saturday. It looks like it's going to be a dirt crown night. Yeah, just just they're making the dirt crown and for the stock cars that night. That is all that's different. Uh, I was seeing an extra line, but. The way they made it, it, you got stock cars in there twice. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think we're going to run a regular class of stock cars and the dirt crown. It'll probably be the dirt crown. <laughs> no. Uh, so, as always, keep your eye on Beatrice Speedway on their Facebook page. They'll keep everybody up to date with what's going on. This is one of those races I've had some people say, why do they even bother? And and the reason why you bother is because if you get good weather one out of every four or five years, you're going to get 200 some odd cars. It is going to be packed and you're going to set yourself up for a great year of racing. 
budget-wise for Beatrice Speedway. They're going to put a lot of money into the coffers and uh, get ready for the year. If they don't have it, they're usually pretty good about making the call quick enough to where they don't waste a lot of money and a lot of teams' time and effort uh, getting to the racetrack and then canceling the race. They they usually, you know, that Wednesday, they're going to let you know, is it going to be shrunk down to just a Saturday show or is it is it on as planned or canceled completely? So I, uh, I don't think I've ever got to be out at um, – for the spring nationals. And uh, I do definitely enjoy my time out at Beatrice Speedway. So I may have to run over there if the weather uh, is, uh, is agreeable. That's not the same weekend as the um, week after you know, world of wheels. That's work week after fantastic. Yeah. So that's, that's lining up good. Okay. So again, Beatrice spring nationals, the 31st annual IMCA sanctioned uh, modified hobby stocks, stock cars, sport compacts, and sport mods. Thursday practice, Friday, March 15th, full races, Saturday, March 16th, full races. And on that Saturday, again, they add the uh, stock car crown, uh, the stock car dirt crown series. Also got some news a couple of weeks ago, actually just a few days ago that I-29 has announced they are partnering as a WDRA drag racing sanctioning body for the racetrack. Dirk, can you talk a little bit more about the uh, World Drag Racing Alliance? Um, to be honest with you, this is actually the first I have ever heard of that. Nice. Uh, the uh, WDRA or them, uh, I-29 joining them? WDRA. It's the first okay. time I've ever heard of that. And obviously, it's the first time um, I've heard about I-29 Dragway doing that. I do think it's great that they picked up a, a sanction. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that makes... As far as I'm, I don't care what track it is, a dirt track going around in circles, a drag strip, whatever. If the track picks up a sanction, it makes their program better. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. There might be a few more expenses for the racers. You know, like when I-80 went NASCAR or Sunset went NASCAR, you had to have your NASCAR license to race there, but you bought it once all year. Mm-hmm. You still have to join IMCA to race an IMCA track, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there might be a membership involved for the racers and stuff like that. But uh, from what I understand, um, I-29 Dragway um, has, I don't know if it's new management or new ownership. There's new people in charge down there. I do know that. But I don't yeah. know if, it, if the track was sold or not. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It was a little confusing about if it was new ownership or not. So we'll, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see what they say. Or maybe we need to reach out to them about coming on the show during the uh, World of Wheels uh the world wheels weekend and, and see if we can't get some more information about what's going on down there. But well, that's probably right a track on that, on that flyer. The very first line says along with uh, announcing new ownership. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely under new ownership. Yeah. So, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the... And evidently these guys think, or these ladies, whoever owns it, whoever the new owners is, are thinking along my line that you get into a sanctioning body, which they weren't going to be able to get an NHRA sanction with Ottawa already having. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't sanction that close. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. They wouldn't sanction two tracks that are, you know, fighting for cars. Yeah. Um, you know, because they'd only each be able to run a half a season to to be able to, you know, uh, work together under one banner. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, have to. I'll have to read up on that so I can get some information and uh, you know see exactly what's going on with that WDRA. I'll tag you in that post. If uh, right. if you hadn't seen it yet, that way. If I well, I'll hide. probably it's probably in my thing today, but I work six hours a day, so I'm not I'm not Facebook ready. <laughs> okay. Well, and this got posted uh, January 31st, so it's it's been out for a little while. So I, I I don't think it would probably cycle through your feed unless you know Facebook is listening to us talk right now, so it might pop yeah. up in your feed regardless. But I tagged you just to be safe. The uh, rescheduled Stuart Alley Memorial was supposed to happen last uh, fall at Eagle Raceway, got weathered out. So uh, TE Tyler Enterprises, Tyler Perry Enterprises posted an update uh, just a couple days ago, says the calendar now says 2024. And that means we will again be taking an even bigger swing at this year's attempt at the inaugural Stuart Alley Memorial. I wanted to talk about this because uh, there's a couple of things that I think is important for drivers and fans to know. It is a Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Series sanctioned race along with the uh, 
Malverbank Super Late Model Touring Series, the SLMR Series. They said they're still going to have $250 to win your heat race. I imagine this is going to pertain solely to the 360 guys. Um, $500 per flight fast time award, $1,000 if only one flight. So I I imagine uh, they're going to do group qualifying maybe? Yeah, that's that's the way I'm reading that. And it looks like they're planning on having two groups. Thousand dollar hard charger award winner for the A feature, and seven thousand two hundred. Uh, sorry, seven thousand twenty two dollars to win the A feature. And he put in parentheses for now with a little winky face. Uh, continuing to work to add money to that purse. Feature pays over a thousand dollars back to tenth and six twenty two to start. Uh, something worth noting to the three sixty teams that Stuart that uh, uh, Tyler Perry Enterprises has paid your entry fee. This race will cost you your pit pass to run. He goes on to say, I'm not putting this show on with your money. I've busted my butt to find sponsors to put this on. And we've had overwhelming amount of help in putting these purses together. A lot of big races out there rely on the racers to pay the purse. Not going to be this one. I want to put this show on for the racers by the racers in honor of a great racer. Please keep that in mind, and you uh, hope to join us in September as we honor a great Stuart Alley and uh, and his amazing family. So I thought that was kind of poignant and something definitely worth bringing up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If it's not going to cost the racers a dime, I mean, um, the Hamples did basically the same thing with the SLMR race down there at Corning last year when, um, in mom and dad's name, they uh, covered all the pit passes, or not pit passes, but entry fees. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a neat thing. and. And it'd be nice if it caught on. It'd yeah. really be cool if it caught on. I'm sure the the uh, drivers and teams would absolutely love that. September 8th is the new date for the Stewart Alley Memorial at Eagle Raceway. It's a Sunday. And uh, I would assume it's probably just going to be those two classes, the Malvern Bank 360s and the Malvern Bank Super Light Models. They may add one more class as a filler, but with it being a Sunday night, I know that everybody involved is going to want to make sure people are out of there by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at the latest. Probably 10 o'clock is probably going to be their goal. So yeah, I, I would be surprised if another class gets added. Jumping up, jumping up into the NASCAR world. Got uh, news on February 1st that NASCAR teams have let their charter negotiation between them and NASCAR expire without an extension Uh, This is a fresh, excuse me, as frustration builds amongst the sides heading into the start of the 2024 race season, they do not have a charter agreement. Now, the article on Jayski did go out, did make sure to point out that an agreement is not needed. (laughs) This is simply a, I think, a courtesy that NASCAR is giving teams to be able to have some say on how the charters work. Uh, NASCAR could continue to just say, it's our sport and you will play how we want to, but I do like that they seem to be having an open communication with, with the teams and attempting to, to uh, create some sort of an agreement as to how the charter system should work. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of the system, Mm -hmm. but now that it's there, they need to keep it there. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I'm a fan of it, but I'm definitely not opposed to it. I think it has done some good things for the sport, which is put money back in the team's pockets. Now, how the team spend it is totally up to the team's discretion. Uh, but if if NASCAR can find ways to save money and put money back into the team's pockets, I'm all about that. I, I think that's great. Uh, so we will see. Industry experts do uh, expect that a deal will be reached. Although the time frame uh, is most likely months away, but uh, there should be a deal reached. Uh, the 2016 agreement, uh, actually, I, I do believe uh, the 2016 agreement, I said earlier that it, it already expired. Uh, it has not expired yet. Uh, it is set to expire December 31st of 2024. So more news coming on the charter agreement. Uh, PRN longtime broadcaster Doug Rice has announced that he's stepping away from the booth at the conclusion of the 2024 race season. Uh, I only wanted to bring that up because he is one of those iconic voices 
that has uh, done a fantastic job promoting this sport and done a, uh, not just promoting it, but an absolutely awesome job calling the races accurately um, and, and, uh, and, and just helping our sport grow. Uh, so he, he definitely deserves a lot of accolades and uh, of the PRN group, um, Doug is, I believe the, uh, president and lead anchor for uh, performance racing network. So they'll be uh, bidding adieu to the race booth at the end of the 2024 season. Yeah. I wonder if he's just, uh, getting away from the racetrack altogether, or if this is just, uh, a retirement deal or a one-year hiatus or you know it kind of sounds to me like he is gonna that a he's just retiring from the broadcast booth he'll continue as the president for performance racing network um it would be one of those probably uh icings on the cake that you had to deal with being the president of a major organization all week long that every weekend you get there a, a couple of weekends a month, you get to go to a racetrack and, and do something that you genuinely love. And, you know, he's got the experience obviously after 36 years. So yeah, if they had some type of an emergency, he could be you on, know, if he's still going to be running a company, he could probably step in and, you know, handle a weekend here and there if something comes up. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. So Doug Rice uh, going to be setting to re- or set to retire at the end of the race season. Uh, NASCAR has announced, excuse me, Fox Sports has announced that they're going to be debuting a new documentary on Thursday, February 15th called I Am Kevin Harvick. Basically, it's a documentary to take you from his extraordinary 23 year NASCAR career, um, giving you uh, some insider information and uh, some uh, behind the scenes footage. Uh, his transition from, uh, you know, being a, what was he, a, a test driver? What, what, uh, cause he was his first year at RCR. He, he was, his job was to test the cars and to set them up for, uh, Dale Earnhardt senior. Well, actually he was an Xfinity series driver back then, Bush grand national. Okay. Yeah. That 23 years, that's his cup career. Yeah. That's what that's that just is. Just his cup that's career, he raced for 23 years. That's not his NASCAR career. Well, Dale Earnhardt was killed in 2001 of February. Yeah. That's some good quick math you got there. Uh, I am Kevin Harvick is going to premiere. What's that? I happen to be there. So. <laughs> uh, I am Kevin Harvick is set to premiere on uh, Fox Sports at, uh, looks like it's going to be 9 p.m. Central Time. On Thursday, February 15th, uh, it'll be on FS1 immediately following the duel at Daytona. So that time is tentative, but that'd be a good reason to keep tuning in after the duel at Daytona and uh, and and watch that. I'm I'm a big Kevin Harvick fan. I've loved him for our sport. I've loved watching him race. Uh, loved him over at Stuart Haas Racing. So uh, I'll definitely be tuning in for that and, uh, and enjoying that documentary. So is the next cat going to be named... Kevin or Harvick? I tried to name this one Harvick and Sarah wouldn't let me. Yeah, well. I think we actually. What's that? It won't be the last. (laughs) No, it will not. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Let's. I think uh, I can't avoid it anymore. We got to get to the Bush Clash. So originally scheduled to be on Sunday, February, uh, what, uh, 4th. Due to the weather that was predicted for Sunday, NASCAR decided to move the race to Saturday night at the LA Coliseum. Um, that was, I hate the word unprecedented because it got way, used way too much in 2020, 21, 22, and so on. Everything seems to be unprecedented, even though you can look back in history and find multiple examples of it. I think this is probably a pretty unprecedented event where NASCAR moved a race a whole day ahead. Well, if it was still in Daytona, it wouldn't have happened. So, well, maybe. I mean, you never know. It, I don't it, know what the weather was like then at Daytona. It still wouldn't have happened because they'd have still been racing just the week before. And if it rained for one day or two days, they would have had the race on Monday. Everybody had been in Daytona. You know, the fact they had to move it up because everybody now has to go back to the shop. So they got a couple days worth of travel to get back there for the race cars and everything. You know, then unload the trucks. 
Yeah. Then put the stuff for the 500 on the trucks and head down to Daytona. Yeah. So that's that's why they had to move this race up. Well, and, and mean, you they, you saw my post, uh, and I'll I'll give full discretion. I I did something that Joe Rogan taught me uh, just recently. He didn't teach me. I I read it. I saw it on one of his videos. It's called Post and Ghost. When you post something, you know is going to piss people off. Just turn off notifications for it and don't pay attention because. Anybody that comments in there, you're never going to win an argument with them. But my whole point when I posted that, I think on Saturday night, was people, there was plenty of people bashing the clash when it was at Daytona and saying they need to move it somewhere else. They need to do something different. And NASCAR did it. And now you've got what you've got. If you don't like it, that's fine. But don't call NASCAR idiots and uh, they don't know what they're doing and this and that. NASCAR had really, really good reasons to move that race to L.A. And last year, it worked out pretty well for them. They had a star-studded race. They got a ton of publicity. They were in a major market making inroads. And it, in, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if, to NASCAR if the actual race is, is a big deal. If people come, if the celebrities come, if the – the, the public out there that has very little contact with uh, NASCAR comes, that's a win for them. Now, they'd like the race to be great, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it was more important for them to be in L.A. than in Daytona. Well, see, I don't agree with you because they've had Fontana there since the late 90s. You know, the market out there just isn't into the NASCAR deal. And, and it's not good, bad, or otherwise. It's just a fact of life, just like these younger kids aren't into it now. Yeah. You, you got to change um, something, though, somehow. I mean, if, if you only stay where you're at, you're never going to grow. But all NASCAR tried to do was get money. NASCAR is dollar-driven, end of story. You're never going to change my mind on that. I, yeah, I was I, inside of it too long. I don't disagree with you. A lot of businesses are dollar-driven. We're, we're a uh, capitalist society should be to a certain extent. Yeah. Okay. But NASCAR could run races for the next 15 years without charging people a dime to get in. There's a lot of money piled up in that company. All the owners are billionaires, you know? Yeah. I mean, but, and they, they're like a, a, any billionaire. They want more. Every billionaire wants more. That's mm -hmm. how they got to where they were because when they had a thousand, they wanted, you know, a hundred thousand and they wanted a million and they yeah. wanted 10 million. Yeah. That's, that's how they got where they're at, you know, yeah. but NASCAR, exactly. did it. NASCAR did it in a matter of about 15 years, you know, from the mid nineties to the mid, you know, 2005 to seven era. Yeah. Kind of where they, you know, went crazy. And since then they've been just fighting to keep the cash flowing. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I, I don't agree. I, I don't have anything that says otherwise. And like you said, you've, you were in the sport much longer than me, uh, closer to it. So you've, you've got more personal experience with that. Uh, but if NASCAR is successful in LA, puts on a good race, then they're going to make money. They're going to make tons of money. And it's going to continue to amplify year over year. I, I take this back to the same conversation we had. Why, prior to them announcing they're going to go to Iowa Speedway, why don't they go to Iowa Speedway more often? And the answer in my head was that a little town outside of Des Moines, Iowa, doesn't matter to NASCAR when there are towns that have a tenfold population that they could have a much larger impact in. But the region here, is much more into the grassroots racing and they'd yeah. want to step out once a year. Yeah. You know, um, I saw a lot of people and I mean, a lot of posts, you know, whether it was hundreds, I don't know, but there was a lot of people posting, you know, Hey, I'm in Vegas and I was planning on driving over there early in the morning for the race tomorrow. And now the race is in two hours. But then an hour later, I saw them post and say their credit card had already been refunded. Okay, so they did get refunded. They got refunded their race ticket. They didn't get refunded any motels if they had stuff set up to stay or yeah. if they'd gone out a couple days earlier and were already out there. But 
those people got to at least see the race, even though they didn't get to use their race ticket. That's what, what I, the, that's the craziest thing to me was the number of people that missed out on being able to go watch that race because NASCAR moved it up. Uh, and, and, you know, it I, they were kind of in a bad situation either way. You move it to Monday, there's a bunch of people that were probably flying out uh, Monday morning or Friday or Sunday night or whatever that had to be to work the next day. Absolutely. So, the, you, you know, know they were in a rock and a hard spot. That's any race anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I sat here and was watching. I had the, the TV on right at seven o'clock and was watching the broadcast. This, I think, might have been the first time I saw a race um, without a national anthem. I'm sure they did it. Probably just didn't. They probably just didn't cover it. Yeah, is is what I'm hoping. I mean, but I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen a race without a national anthem from them before. So that that was just kind of weird. You know, they didn't really do any drivers' introductions. You know, they just kind of had the guys in the car doing 150 pace laps and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, But those bigger cars on that smaller track, if they try and run a regular race on that track, can you imagine what 36 cars on there would be like? Oh my God, no way. If they hit the full field, they would be in lap traffic in three laps. Yeah. No way. Well, Denny Hamlin ended up winning the race. Uh, He started first. He should have finished first. (laughs) Uh, Not for effort. There was a couple of guys gave him a run for his money, but uh, Denny Hamlin ended up winning uh, the Bush clash. And, Tech inspection was completed. Danny Hamlin's a winner. Ryan Blaney second, and I believe Kyle Busch ends up being uh, scored third. Well, did Blaney finally get by Kyle Busch? I was kind of half-assed. Wasn't paying attention because Hamlin had a couple car length lead. Nobody was going to be able to drill him. So yeah, that uh, yeah. What was it? They had a green-white checker finish. I think. Uh, I don't remember if it was two laps or three laps. It was. They, yeah, had, they had a late caution. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of uh, so we've got about five minutes left in the show. I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but a little bit of confrontation between Ty Gibbs and Joey Logano. Saw some uh, footage on uh, NASCAR's Facebook page that uh, they had a confrontation at the hauler afterwards. They seem to agree to disagree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Joey bumped a few people out of the way, but when he got bumped out of the way, he didn't like it. Uh-huh. And I thought the very first restart they did, he should have got sent to the back because he crossed the start finish line before the leader of the race. Mm-hmm. But then nothing was done. And then mm-hmm. later on, they sent Tyler Reddick to the back because he pulled out a line. He didn't pass the car in front of him, but he did pull out a line. He got sent to the back. But I know damn well it's in the rule book. If you hit the start finish line before the leader of the race, you go to the back. Yeah. You get a you know, black flag, right? You don't give the spot back. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You've got a lap to give the spot back. And that he didn't do. Because mm. that's how he won the first half of the race was on that restart. So why they didn't call it, I don't know. You they got anything else for us? Not right off the top of my head. All right. Um, holler at us if you want to get uh, an interview down at the uh, auto show, World of Wheels, March 8th, 9th, and 10th. We'll be there the 9th and 10th. Yep, uh, we're still working on getting that finished up. Get signed up for the Pick'ems Contest. It's free to join. It's really easy to participate, and you can win some great prizes. By the way, those of you that participated in the 2023 Pick'ems Contest, my goal is to have prizes going out this week and next week, so all the prizes are out before we go to Quaker Steak and Lube for the Daytona 500. But Dirk and I are going to Quaker Steak and Lube. Call Dan so he can just bring it there for you. <laughs> that would work, too. I'd, I'd really appreciate that also. Save us on some uh, shipping costs. Uh, John Berg, your sport compact champion from Adams County Speedway is going to join us in uh, turn number two. You guys may have noticed that uh, these turn twos lately, Dirk's been a little bit quiet. Well, it's it's not for him biting his tongue. It's it's simply because uh, you weren't feeling well that night that we recorded those interviews. Yeah, this is when Anthony covered for me, I think. Yeah, he came in, I think, on the last interview or two and, uh, and helped me out. So anyways, we'll talk with John Berg, your Adams County Speedway Sport Compact track champion just around the corner in turn number two. Hang tight. Dirk and I'll be right back. 
We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs. Whoa, excuse me, that high noon is coming back up. Presented by Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube and enjoy all the great sights, sounds, and smells. We're just a couple of weeks away from classic car cruising starting back up again. Make sure you follow the Quaker Steak and Lube Facebook page for the latest information and latest events that are going to be going on. Uh, Easter is around the corner, and the uh, one of the favorite events is uh, dinner with the Easter Bunny. So once again, make sure you guys follow the uh, Quaker Steak and Lube Facebook page for all the latest details. We're down at Quaker Steak and Lube in uh, the middle of November doing Adams County Speedway Track Champions interviews, and the guy on the microphone, he's on the hot seat now, Picked up the uh, 2023 Sport Compact Track Championship, John Berg. Man, you're making this look pretty easy. 45-point advantage going uh, as the championship gets wrapped up. Yeah, I think one biggest thing that was on our side was the consistency factor. Or, I mean, the competition this year was definitely on a whole new level. Um, I mean, we have I mean, nine different winners, and, and I mean – Six different drivers getting multiple wins, and no one really can get past three. And everybody putting was giving it all this year. And one of the biggest things that we had to work on this year was consistency. And I think we did a pretty good job with that. How many years you been racing? Uh, this year was our seventh year. Okay, I, I recognize the name. I assume you probably came over to I eighty Speedway a couple of times and raced. Uh, just once back in twenty twenty. Now coming, now coming, go so well, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. Uh, the uh, sport compact division, unfortunately, seeing a little bit of shrinkage going on with less tracks running. You guys, but able to find a nice home at Adams County Speedway in Corning and uh, run a weekly schedule. Oh yeah, and and we've seen the and trying to compare it with some of the other tracks kind of around the area like Stewart, Arlen. And places like that, and that we're definitely, I'd say we're definitely holding our own pretty well, mid to high teens. Sometimes we get into the low twenties, and that's something, something we like seeing. And nice. And and the ni nice part of it is, of all that cars, you could probably list anywhere from nine to thirteen cars. You can easily pick as winning contending cars. So wow. So definitely this year, here was definitely like a crapshoot on who's gonna win, win one week, and who's yeah. gonna do bet better the next week. So. Two wins on the year, 15 top fives out of 17 features. Never finish outside the top 10. That's You said your goal going into the year was consistency and, and uh, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was definitely pretty tickled with that. And like I said, that was one of the things that we really wanted to work on. And even if we didn't end up in victory lane as much as we would like to, I mean, I mean, heck, every driver wished they could win every single week. Yeah. Week, but, <laughs> but still glad with the two wins, but I'm definitely more happy with the consistency that we got out of this year. Uh, was that a major issue last year, and, and how did you finish in the points last year? Uh, we got the championship last year, but it was a we were in a dogfight with 
Brian Van Osdale. It seems like like neither one of us can really get an edge over the other one. Yeah. One and it came down to ten point separation between the two of us, and wow. stat wise, we were pretty much even, Steven on that. And it was it's something that we've been wanting to work on for quite a few years is is to work on that consistency and and i'm pretty glad with the result we got out of it this yeah, year yeah you nailed it now the tough question is how do you continue it i'd say just pretty much just keep doing what we've been doing doing from off of this last season and look at some things that we can execute and execute better and understand the car maybe a little bit a little bit more than we have and mm-hmm. just some just some little things and and just try not to make any silly mistakes when it, when it comes to getting on the track. So, <laughs> so one, easy. One of, those th- one of those things that's easier said than done. Right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, so where did the consistent – Did you were you able to spend more time in the shop the week leading into the race? Uh, was it less uh, hectic at the racetrack when you guys got there? What were some of the things you did to try to find that consistency that you're willing to share? Because you've got to go I back think- and defend your championship now. <laughs> I think it's. I think after when we won the championship in 2022, we kind of looked back, looked back, and it was also one of those things that's kind of you don't know how to approach it till you're actually in the middle of the action. Because even in within the first five races after we won the season opener, and we were right in contention in a lot of the others, like within in a couple car car links in each of those. Yeah. It's basically just trying to pick and choose your battles a little better, looking at the big, bigger picture. I mean, Got it. I mean, yeah, like to get another win, another win, but then you're also thinking in your mind, what's the bigger, what's the bigger picture? Yeah. What, what's something that you want to do? Like, and one of those things is like to try to defend, defend that track championship, and yeah, yeah so we didn't, we were just focusing on the bigger picture. Well, it's funny that I mean, I don't know if it's funny, but. Uh, you're wearing a Ryan Blaney shirt, and I I really felt like he was racing a little too hard to win the win the race and and not win the championship. Uh, so it, it kind of fits with what you're talking about there. Exactly. Are you a big Blaney fan? Yeah, I, I pulled for I pulled for Blaney for a good bit, but my main the main two guys I usually pull for one one's not retiring, Kevin Harvick, and the other one, Chase Elliott, wasn't having the, the greatest of seasons. But he had a rough year. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course, the snowboarding accident don't help. But. Right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But got a good solid third guy to kind of pull for him every now and then. Yeah, Blaney's actually – and uh, I think – did he run uh, Adams County Speedway on his car one year for uh, the hometown uh, – the uh, home track series, I think is what it was called? I think I- – I think actually for both the Kansas races this year, he had Adams County on the seat on the C pillar. Yeah. Whether I noticed that for that for when like for advanced advanced all parts, yep. do like a little shout out to a nearby NASCAR sanctioned track and track and I noticed a few pictures on Facebook that had Adams County on one of the C pillars of the car. Yeah. yeah, kind of a cool thing they do. They they send a lot of recognition out to the uh, the NASCAR sanctioned tracks and. Uh, I know that from experience with running I-80, the or uh, working at I-80, the uh, season-ending points championship payouts uh, a little bit nicer than than IMCA is, um, but you're kind of locked into one track. So you win in the championship here. You're a you're a state champion. Uh, do you get to go to, to North Carolina for the awards banquet? Uh-huh. Unfortunately, no. We came up six points short of the of the Division Five title, and okay. the guy that. The guy that wanted was from Rockford Speedway. That I don't, I don't know if you knew that was shutting down after this year, and and we posted on our racing base on Facebook. If we didn't get it, we were sure glad to see yeah. someone from that track and get it, especially when it's in their swung song season, their, their final season. Yeah. So, um, and and I know we put up good numbers, but he put up even better num- numbers. So and. <laughs> When he's been almost a thousand, it's kind of hard to top, top that yeah. a little bit. But did you get to go last year? No, I haven't. Haven't been able to go yet. Just haven't yeah. gotten placed high enough to be able to get, go yet. But well, well, the good news is you got a goal for next year then. Exactly. Three feet and head to the head to, uh, to the awards banquet for NASCAR. <laughs> if if we three feet, we're be the first guy in the compacts to be able to do that. Yeah, there's always first for some uh, first time for everything. Oh yeah. Uh, why Adams County? It's really the first track that I've ever 
that I ever gone to, and it's mm, like a 20, 30 minute mm, drive west from where we live, and been, there's, mm, I, I got to know quite a few people from over there. There, mm, I began helping in the pits mm, for Paul Glenn Denny for a few mm. years, and then when the compact class began running over there, and just jumping into that, and just mm, just try to find our foot, footing in that class, and now seven years later, the rest is pretty much just history. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with uh, John Berg, your 2023 Adams County Speedway track champion in the uh, Sport Compact Division. Uh, plans for 20 uh, – well, actually, talking more about 2023, did you get outside and race outside of Adams County Speedway a little bit, or were you f- focused on running there? Uh, about, about the time – about the time we really started getting a rain out, it, it just got to that point in the season. We had to pretty much put our focus on points for track, regional, and, and national national points. So we just stayed running at Corning, and just and after the season got over, we just had other things going on. We just haven't been able to make the journey. So it was, it was actually the first year in a couple of years that we didn't go run at another track, which is kind of a bummer, but... Hopefully, hopefully this year, hopefully this coming year, we'll be able to try to do that a little more. I, I know we uh, when we talked in November, right before Thanksgiving, schedules really weren't out yet. In fact, I think the only one that did release the schedule was uh, Knoxville so far. Uh, but is there any tracks you've got circled you want to hit in 2024, or or consistent annual races you want to make sure and go to? <laughs> well, for 2024, definitely Corning to try to to try to do the three beat. Um, and we're keeping an eye on a couple tracks because I know we can't really go go off rumor rumor mill. But I've been hearing I've been hearing rumors from multiple different people that there could be that there's a possibility of a NASCAR sanction track coming into Southeast Iowa. So we're oh really? So but but you never know with the rumor mill. Sometimes those rumors are true. Sometimes they're not. Not but they're. Hopefully they'll be announcing here in the next few weeks, so we're kind of keeping an eye on that. And if they if they do, we'll definitely be trying to run that as as well. If not, we'll probably try to be maybe a little more spread out. We might might do like a night at Stewart here or a night at Denison there, there, or maybe if Corning gets right now, we'll try to go back back up to Webster City because we went up there a couple years ago and had a great time a couple times we went up there and I like to go back up there again sometime. Any plans on moving out of the Sport Compact Division? If, if I either win the lottery or find any bars of gold <laughs> buried in the back, backyard, it'd be nice to, but and I know I know I've had a few people ask me about it and and it's like I, I told some people, I mean, even if, even if it's 15 years down the road and I'm still in the compacts, would I be bummed out if we didn't move up? I mean, yeah. I mean, every every racer in us that likes to be able to move up into another class. But if I'm still in the, if I'm still in the compact and I'm able to look back and still put a smile on my face on all the success that we've been able to put together, it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. If if we just been a compact team our, in our entire run. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. The the the, the competition in the compacts is is stiff. And uh, and it's a tough class to win it. I mean, it, there's a couple of guys that have been really good at winning at it, and uh, and you're joining those ranks. Uh, what two wins this year? A couple wins probably last year. Um, so it, it, if if you're having fun doing it and it fits the racing budget, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with sticking with it. Exactly. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, why don't you make sure and thank some of those great sponsors that helped the 12 team uh, win this championship and uh, get out to the race racetrack each week. Absolutely. I can never have the accomplishments that we've been able to put together if it wasn't for all these people, and I just can never thank them enough. Uh, Burke Family Farms, McIntosh Family, Lennox Family Hardware, uh, Glendenny Motor Company, Hewlett & Son Auto Salvage, Western Iowa Racing Results, Haley & Doolittle Families, Ellis Ford Real Estate, Wicked Waste Design and Fabrication, NRB Diesel, Creston Animal Rescue Effort, Schaefer Specialized in Lubricants with sales rep Dennis Elliott, Frito-Lay, HS Automotive and Dyno, 4BRM 10G Racing, Demon Decals, 
all the fans for their continuous support or whether if they just kind of follow us on Facebook or if they spend their hard-earned money to come to the track and watch us race, I can never thank them enough. And also, of course, my wife, Brooke, for sticking by me through whatever kind of night we have, whether it's a good night or a bad <laughs> night, and someone over in our pits and keeps some sanity over there. Well, good. Uh, a good wife always helps the race operation. Especially, especially when she makes a Tupperware full of chocolate chip cookies, then we're getting swarmed. Well, you're talking my language now. <laughs> now you got more of a reason to come to Corning. There you go. I'll find myself <laughs> over the toll pit in no time. Uh, John, congratulations on uh, a, uh, another championship over at Adams County Speedway. Best of luck in 2024, and uh, hope to talk to you again this time next year. Well, thank you very much for having me on here. Thanks, John. Appreciate your time. That's going to do it for us in uh, turn number two, and that's going to do it for us in tonight's show. Big thanks, everybody, for coming out to Quaker Steak and Lube and enjoying all the sights, sounds, and smells as we talk with the Adams County Speedway track champions. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Front Stretch presented by Joe's Karting and Quaker Steak and Lube. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sCarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. 402-659-5641.